Hey, welcome to What the What. This is Jeff. And Renee. And today we are going to be doing Villainesses Part 2. Now, for some of you listening, you may not understand why it's a Part 2. That's because Part 1 was terrible and we were not able to actually air it, which is also why there was no show last week and we apologize for that. It was terrible sound-wise. Yes, it was terrible sound-wise. <laughs> um, so, so actually, so I was actually recovering from COVID. Um, I, did, I did actually catch the, the coronavirus. So we we had to do our recording separately, and just technically it just didn't work out. So we had we basically had to skip a week. So we're gonna have this conversation again, again, and better. Yeah. So bigger, better, faster, more. Yeah. And uh, last time, last time we talked, we weren't sure if we were still gonna have a country. <laughs> That's and, true. <laughs> yeah. So a lot has changed in the last week, and perhaps nothing has changed. I mean, well, we'll see. Yeah. Well, one one we, giant thing did change. Well. Trump is gone. I mean, yes, yes. I mean, the institution, yes, that is helpful. Yeah. The institutions that allowed Trump to get there are still here, but yes, yes. Oh, yeah. The bigger head. You know, this is not not what we set up to talk about, but since you say that, during, during, what was it, January 20th, the whole day of the inauguration, I personally could not share in the joy of everybody else that was excited for Biden. I know. You're very skeptical of Biden. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just... And, and, for, and it's and it's for what you just said. The, the all the all the forces, all the mechanisms, all the institutions that led to Trump are still there, and I, and it, to me, it feels like everybody everybody feels like they can just go to lunch now. That that the job is potentially gone. Trump, yeah. Trump, Trump is gone. I, but they can, racism they can solved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Anyways. But but the good news is the world did not. The U.S. did not erupt in violence, as was sort of spread around. I mean, like there was a there was some credible rumors of stuff gonna go down on the twentieth, and then and then nothing. Yeah, everybody everybody kept messaging me because you know because I am in the National Guard. Yeah, so people kept messaging me. Are you hey, like are you gonna you, get deployed? Are you going to Phoenix? Yes. Phoenix? I'm like, no, nah, I got COVID. I'm staying home. No matter what happens, I get to stay home oh. until the twenty first. Oh, but was your unit? No, no, oh, okay. no. As far as far as I don't know of anybody in Arizona that was actually activated for 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 specifically this. Although I did hear that um, in Washington D.C., every state had National Guard troops there. I I don't know who from Arizona actually went. Okay. So, hey, but that kind of leads into what we're talking about as far as villains. <laughs> and first thing we're gonna do is just start off with just. Um, after after some discussion, just a, a base definition of what a villain is, and then we'll talk about how that applies to women as villains and and some other villainous topics. But basically, we're just the 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 basic definition of a villain that we're going to use is the character in a story that achieves his or her goals through evil or immoral means. And the the example where it becomes interesting is when we start looking at is somebody actually a villain or not. Mm-hmm. And I think the the person that we that we that came up when we were talking about this last week and we can talk about it again is Killmonger, specifically from the Black Panther movie. Uh, I don't really know much about the character from the comic books, but right, as, right, as portrayed right. in the movie, um, kind of is interesting in the sense that he's he's definitely framed as. He's in opposition to the hero, which would make him the villain. But from depending on your point of view, his actions are not villainous. 
and what say you? Well, uh, so I guess that distinction of of like intent, and this is you know the law also considers the intent versus versus like means versus ends, right? right? So I feel like I didn't agree with Killmonger's um, the means, but I agreed with his ends. Like I felt like his he had a moral justification for what he was trying to do, but not how he was deciding to do them. Um, and so that that that's what makes him a sympathetic character. And so in that way, he feels less villainous than other um, megalomaniacs who just want to rule the world for power and power's sake, right? Like he was a, he was correcting an injustice, and so his 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 intent was good. Yeah, yeah. So we th- this actually came up. And I don't remember if this was our first or second season where we just talked about villains. Antiheroes, right? Antiheroes, yeah. yeah. So, and and you just said something that made me think. Now I'm just kind of spitballing a, a framework. So this maybe maybe this has validity, maybe it doesn't. But if you look at that question of of means versus ends, and there might be some way of kind of framing it to where a hero is somebody whose means and ends are morally and, and ethically sound. An anti-hero may have questionable means, means, but ultimately the ends is morally and ethically sound. And then a villain is somebody whose means and end are evil, evil and, and, and questionable. Yeah, that seems fair. Although I'm thinking as we're talking, we might come up with somebody who comes against that. So like I'm sure there I'm sure there's somebody. Because yeah. or, or that because like because then we end up coming with this larger question of what sort of we're we're sort of positioning as a moral sort of thing, like whether or not you actually because we did talk about this, um, was whether or not you actually kill like do superheroes actually kill the villains? Because there's definitely that sort of question, which is why I like John Wick, because he just kills people. Like he's he's just killing them. There's he's he's willing to to do the horrible thing to get the to 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 enact justice with his dogs and do do you know what I mean? So yeah, like but, that but what did that but what did that put him more in the anti-hero category? Correct. It, yeah. it would for me, but yeah. some people don't. But I guess my thought is is that for some people that doesn't that doesn't yeah. that's not enough of a reason. Like vengeance for your dog isn't enough reason to kill people. So so it starts to be like or is death or is death killing people so problematic that you can't that there's a reason they try to get around it with superheroes. Yeah, so, so if you, so I actually finally saw Man of Steel a couple days ago. Oh, okay. I fi- you I haven't finally, seen it. I have. I never actually saw it. Watched it. So I just watched it. Cause they just added it to HBO Max. So I finally got to see it. And the big, the big issue people have with that movie is that the end when Superman kills. Oh, spo- sorry. Spoiler alert for the movie from ten years ago. <laughs> Um, it wasn't quite that old. Yeah, almost, yeah. So when when Superman kills General Zod at the end, because Zod is, and there's a lot of people say Superman would never kill. He would never do that. And it's like, okay, it. They wrote him in that position to force him to make it to make him make a choice. Yes. And he made the choice of harm reduction. I'm going to kill this one person to save these these other five people or however many, however many was in that family. And it's it's the utilitarian. Um, approach you know uh so in that sense i don't to go to your question about about killing when it when it comes to, when it comes down to the only available option is to kill the villain or the antagonist to save other people's lives i don't think that's i don't think that would warrant somebody becoming an anti-hero 
I think they, I think that's still a hero. It could still be heroic. I don't know. I think people had a lot of problems with the Snyder that um, yeah. the Snyder version of that. They thought he went too dark because it because of those moral choices that he ended up making. Well, so that's that's a set. That's a separate. There's another issue with Snyder in general. It's not so much that he went too dark. It's that that's the only color in his palette. The whole story, like he never, he never, he never established Superman as the ver- the light virtuous. You know, right, which I appreciated about that actually. Oh yeah, I I I think it was an I think it was an I think it was an easy way out. I don't know. I feel like Superman's the most boring superhero. In some extent, and I, I used to think the same thing about Captain America. That's why growing up, I never really cared about Captain America. He's hot though, so that's. Yeah, but, <laughs> but but when I actually when I so what but what makes what makes Captain America and Superman interesting is is that. They won't ever do well. And Captain America is a, is a soldier; he has no problem killing people. But their their moral compass always points true north, and they always they always think what they do is is the right thing, which makes it. I think I think actually they're more interesting and they're even harder to write for than say uh, Wolverine, where you can just kind of, you know, his personality and his character and his character is a get-out-of-jail-free card for any plot device you put them in. Does that make sense? Yeah, maybe, but I but that I also think that in that way, because there's this purity of fidelity, fidelity to the moral code so that they're upright in both their intent and their means, yeah. makes them less interesting narratively. Yeah. And we, we, we briefly talked about Batman. Yes. Um, so there's the question of, does Batman kill? And it's, it's on one sense, it's a really stupid question because he kills constantly. In the in the TV show, in the comics, in the movies, you know, over his ninety years of existence, eighty years of existence, he kills. The more interesting question, I think, is should he kill? And the people that say he shouldn't, their argument is it's it's a more interesting, it's a more interesting and challenging character when he has the moral code of I will not kill at any cost. I find that I find that and now we're talking about heroes. I find yeah. that kind of boring. But yeah. so so if we go so if we're looking at at um at, at villains though, right? Like and I think this is sort of um if there's this draw to make our heroes more complicated, then there's also this sort of push to make the villains more complicated because like Boris and and you know from the Boris and Natasha. Yeah, yeah. like I they're love them. Yeah, but like they're they're very one dimensional, right? Yeah. Like and I kept talking about the Powerpuff girls and I don't even know who that villain is, but just or just anything where the the sort of there's a megalomania, like the Incredibles villain where he just wanted to take over the world, right? And there's that sort of like idea of just being power hungry for power's sake taking over the world. I don't know what the final goal is to live in a dictatorship or what they're all going for, but they're trying to basically destroy the world or control the world. That pure sort of villainy doesn't feel like it's not very as common anymore. Right. Yeah. And that is, so yeah, so that, that mustache twirling, you know, holding up. Yeah. That, that kind of villainy is really geared towards kids and it's not, it's not interesting. Right. You 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 want and we you know think about like the Thanos character from the MCU movies. Um, I don't. You don't necessarily have to agree with what the villain is trying to do, but the villain has to to have a compelling villain. It has to have a motivation that we can believe the villain believes. 
even if we don't agree with it, the villain has to have the villain has to have a motivation that is plausible. Yeah. Now I would say now. Now yeah. we're asking our villains to explain to to us why yeah. they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Whereas whereas you know you go back to like you know early Star Wars stuff, it was really cut and dry. It was black hat, white hat. You had you had you know spy versus spy. You had the, the good guys. You had bad guys. Yeah. And and yeah, for the most part, I don't I don't think uh, I don't think audiences everyone well. That's a there's a there's a separate conversation we had about who we be, who we are willing to view as a villain, um, but for the most part, I think audiences expect at least audiences that are going to be listening to this show would expect a little bit more from their villains. Although, I mean, part of me just aches for, like, for example, um, I if we're thinking about villains again, not gendered, but uh, the Borg in in the Star Trek Enterprise, the Star Trek series, I should say. Do you are you familiar with the Borg? The, uh, vaguely. Okay. It's a big square thing, right? Yeah. And so what's really interesting about that is that the Borg exists as some sort of potential, in, in the origins of the Borg, um, it's been a while since I've engaged with them, but basically origins of the Borg are something where an AI went almost rogue and just basically they started incorporating organic material into this cube system, basically like join the giant, join the giant system. And all they do is just consume the culture identities of any any other species they come in contact with, and you get subsumed into the Borg. So it's mindless, and it's relentless, and it's a really interesting villain because um, antagonist maybe is a better way to say within the narrative because it sort of obviates that sort of moral conundrum that comes into play about whether or not you're going to feel sympathetic towards the villains. And so that sort of like sophistication of um, and I think that's also why we find some of those disaster films really interesting is because then the villain is nature. The villain is something so much huger than you, so much bigger yeah. than you, that it's more interesting to go up against than the sort of the sort of maniacal human, right? That or, although, like if we're looking at in the like history of villains, I mean how Heath Ledger's Joker, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the best villains of all time. Like yes. just sheer unhinged, like chaos. With 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 no more no moral compass whatsoever, like totally devoid of that. Total nihilism. Yes, that was yeah. that was. I mean, bellissimo. I mean, like, yeah. how do you beat that? Um, and, and then this this attempt in this newer version of Joker to humanize him and put him in a. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. Just like, and I get part of that. I thought was that he was going insane, but like, no, that Heath Ledger showing up already formed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, good, quick quick note about the second joke. I I actually. I actually appreciate what they were trying to do with the most recent Joker, with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I just really strongly disagree with what they were saying about society at large. And I think I think the person I think the person that um, Todd Phillips that wrote and directed the Joker was engaging in pseudo intellectualism, reactionary politics, and not and not actually really thinking through what he was putting on screen. Well, I mean, or he was, and he was okay with it. Like, I thinking through it and then being like, yeah, that's, I actually support that. Like, yeah. but but this idea that um, we want to then dig into the origin stories of our villains. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of of less interest to me. Like, that was the whole impulse of Darth Vader going back and doing the Force Awakens stuff and, like, figuring out, like, all of the stuff about how Darth became Darth. And I, I don't care about that. I don't want to see, yeah. like, I just kind of want to purely dislike my villains actually. Like, right. Yeah. I just want to root for them to be ended. That's why the Borg were great. You're like, no, they're the worst. And 
So there's a, so I actually just came across something today and I was thinking about, you know, maybe, maybe having this as a separate topic, but I just want to touch on it briefly here. And it's the idea of uh, difficult men. Mm. Um, and this, this is something that um, it's a book called difficult men and it's got like a 500 word subtitle series of subtitles. So we're just going to call it difficult men. Uh-huh. Um, but it talks, it's specifically talking about the rash of TV characters in the 2000s. So um, uh, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, um, The Wire, these these men that really are like monsters, but are presented in these on these TV shows as the protagonist, as the person that we're sympath- that we have a narrative sympathy with that week week in and week out, and that to me, that to me really becomes problematic because, you know, like like The Shield. Out of all these shows, The Shield was probably my favorite. And Vic Mackey, did, did you watch The Shield? I don't think you did. Yeah. So Vic Mackey was as monstrous as any villain has ever villainied. But because he was the protagonist of the show, if you if because I like the show, Vic Mackey had to succeed every week. Absolutely. Season to season. Otherwise yeah. the show would end and this thing I wanted to watch would be over. Yes. I think I think if if I think if we were, if if uh, Sean Ryan was going to redo the Shield today, or if somebody was going to redo a show like the Shield today, it would almost have to be, it would almost have to be a rotating cast, to where the Vic Mackey character does actually get caught, killed, something bad happens to him, but then somebody else replaces him, and it becomes the institution that becomes the villain. Rather than this one individual individual that we that we that we have to root for because we want the show to keep going. I mean, I I mean, I agree with that on a, on a fundamental level, but I'm a little skeptical of American culture, which really sees a lot of onus in the individual choices and experiences yeah. of people being the reason that you watch something. So I think Americans are not keen with this this idea of a systems that create the villains. But yes, like yeah, well, I mean, probably because we we're. we're I think part of that is because our our the shows and movies and the media we consume also reinforces that that idea. Correct. If we if we had if we had media that focused more on these institutions, then it might actually educate somebody. Maybe, right? but but also institutions are like amorphous. Like they they don't have a persona, and like they're so huge that from a narrative perspective, it is difficult to see how you, someone would care about a yeah. system healing itself. The you know? Borg. Yeah. <laughs> it would be the Borg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. L- the, the Borg is LAPD. Yes, yes, yes. Turning people into these creatures that, like, yeah, just destroy. And, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then, then that's a whole, yeah, a whole different story. Right? Yeah, because like, for me, and this, and we and we, we, talked, we talked about this briefly with Scott, and we were talking about, like, The Sopranos and Breaking Bad. Um, and, and for me, like you can go back even further to like the, the all the Italian mafia movies. I am thoroughly sick of rehabilitating evil people. And yeah, you're kind of saying the same thing, right? Yeah. You're, you're like, you just want the evil people to be evil so I can root against them and watch them die. Yeah. I'm si- I don't. I don't want to know that the redemption their arc. Mother abused. Them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely not. Like purely from a storytelling perspective, but also because. Um, but because I think this re- the redemption arc that they put, like if we look at the most recent Star Wars where um Kylo Ren, for example, he had to die at the end because he because a real redemption redemption arc takes years. Like it, as a human being, yeah. like you don't get to just be like, sorry, at the yeah. end and people are like, Okay, join join the cause, yeah, right? After, like, yeah. 
Yeah, I know I blew up five of your planets. <laughs> Billions, but I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm sorry. And then you like get the kiss at the end. You're like, no, fuck that. That's not fair. A truly, a truly well done redemption arc isn't going to be done in a movie for one, but two, um, is 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 just very difficult to pull off. Yeah, you know, at at some point, like off off mic, you should go look up um, the Duel of the Fates screenplay. Hmm. So. After after um, Carrie Fisher passed away, hmm. they basically had to scrap all of their plans for for the for the ninth movie. So originally it was supposed to be Colin Drevoir was direct writing and directing the ninth movie. Mm-hmm. After Carrie Fisher died, and then with the backlash of the Last Jedi, he basically walked. So that's why J.J. Abrams came in and, and like threw that movie together like mm-hmm. like in in a matter of days. Um, and it, it is so sad going back. And a draft of the script was released. It's called Duel, Duel of the Fates. And it would have been such a better movie. Oh. It was, oh my, yeah. Like, I, 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 I gave Rise of Skywalker, Rise of the Skywalker kind of a pass mm-hmm. until, I, until I heard the full script of what could have been. And it's like, oh my God, we, we missed out on something. Yeah. That's its whole sad trajectory there. Yeah, but but the, but but you're right about the Kylo Ren thing. Like he actually was a really interesting and compelling villain, but because of the backlash to Last Jedi, they had to they had to rehabilitate him. Bullshit. And, and it, it was it was it wasn't earned at all. Just make me. I just want. I loved disliking Darth Vader. Yeah. 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 I mean, and and then there. I mean, at the end of the day, right, too, there's this larger concept of whether or not you should dehumanize, like, the opposition, right? Because that's, you know, I don't know. But but just purely from a storytelling perspective, like, this idea of that. And so, and so, to loop this back to, I think, what the question is we're starting with is, I still don't think there has been, cinematically, a strong female villain in, in the same way there have been for men. So even Gila, what, was that Gila, the woman, the... Um, Thor's, um, Hella, Hella, right? Like, okay, you're right. Technically, she was on screen as the villain, but also, she wasn't actually that great of a villain. Like, I don't. If I'm thinking through that, she looked stunning. I don't remember what she actually did in the film. Like, I don't. She killed. She killed almost everybody on Asgard. I mean, but she also was doing it just in a justified way. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, she was like Killmonger. I felt like they entrapped her. They kept her chained. Like, they they kept they her prison her, her. They imprisoned her because she was murderous. Because she's the tweet of death. That's her job. <laughs> yeah. That's her job. That's what I'm saying is that, like, they stopped death. So they stopped the natural progression of things. And then she's like, fuck you, assholes. And she breaks free. And she's like, this is what I do. I kill things. Like, she's the, she's death. That's her job. That's like blaming someone for fixing your car. Like, that's. She's that's what she's supposed to do. So I don't understand why they get to be like, no, no, death is not going to happen in so, that way. So, so I found that kind of so I was like, well, of course she's breaking free, and I wanted her to go kill a bunch of people. Like they kept her imprisoned. Yeah. So, all right, she's a villain. She 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 was she was presented as a villain. It was the the, the authorial intent was she was a villain. She was doing villainous things. Now, whether you whether you had some some sympathy and you wanted her to succeed, did you not? No. <laughs> no. Oh, Any I was, I was waiting wanted. for her. And it, yeah, well, because and I and I think like you, like this is something that you come up anytime when when because there's so few women that get an opportunity to really kick ass on screen, 
you saw a woman that went up there and just freaking mowed down all of Asgard's army. Yeah, God, so of course it. you're gonna so you're gonna root for her, but that doesn't mean to, in in, in outside of your perspective that she's not the villain. Well, but I but I guess that's my point is is that like that you're not the definitive say on that either, right? So like I think that's the idea is that like are people choosing to create these female female villains that don't actually resonate with women? Like that's not that that doesn't that didn't land for me because they had imprisoned her. Like she was freeing herself and she was doing what she's fucking supposed to do. So and and so then they couch this thing and I think again it's been a little bit while because in her madness and so they were it's this sort of thing of putting the the ex wife in your in your in your freaking um, attic and imprisoning her like out of Jane Eyre. It's this idea that a woman's power is meant to be suppressed. And so then they keep her for years. Like, so of course, that was a horrible villain as far as I'm concerned. Like, nothing about that was right. But then, there, but on the flip side, there's a whole bunch of people that would that would say exactly what you're saying about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and say that he wasn't a, he wasn't a villain. He was. He oh, was. I, I agree. I don't think they, in that movie, I don't think they were trying to make, like, I, in the movie that they made him, that he wasn't framed as a villain. Like, I don't, I don't see that movie and think he's a villain. The one who I look at and see as a villain is Heath Ledger's character. Oh, I, I, I see them both as villains, but I just don't yeah. like him. Like that for me, that feels separate. Sorry, I just yeah. like that. Just that feels like a separate story. Yeah. So let's let's take a, take a break, break, and then yeah. we'll come back and we'll really get into the villainnesses. Correct. All right. So we'll be right back. All right, so all right, so we're so we're going to start talking about villainesses, and your contention is, and this is kind of what we talked about on the last show that none of you ever are going to hear. Your contention is that they're in movies. There really has never been a villainess. Well, okay, I would say there has never been a villainess that is on par with other villains. Like we don't have the female equivalent of the Joker. So, so one of the things we did and and eventually land on as we were discussing female villains is a lot of the d- villains in Disney's Disney narratives are female, right? So yeah, technically though, they're and they're female villains in the in the very classic child sense of being driven by greed and hate and in in, in horrible things and 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 um and be and um and and then wanting to destroy what's pure and precious and beautiful, right? So in that sense, they're they are villains, but I would. But I think a lot of that, particularly within the Disney, is them also sort of going back and figuring out like how simplistically they had cast those original villains and how much more sophisticated and interesting those stories could be. Because because I think sometimes the villain in in history is just a woman trying to fucking be a woman, like trying to be a human being and getting punished for it. Yeah. So I think so. I don't want to get too. I don't want to go too far into the semantics of villains. But I do think there, I, I do think that there is a significant difference in in the in the villainesses, in that they almost always have a rehabilitation built into their narrative. So built into their narrative, like you, you almost always there. It, there's almost always some some sort of apologetic aspect to their to their character. Even a movie like um, Monster, um, Patty Jenkins' Monster with uh, with Charlie Theron. Oh right, yes. Right where 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 Charlie Theron played um, Arlene Worthros or some Eileen Eileen Wernos. Yes, yeah, yeah. So even in that, 
And Eileen Wern, I think Eileen Wernos, the real person, was yeah. was a legit serial killer. Yeah, and she was also. Yeah, but even the movie inherently kind of rehabilitated her as just, as as everything she did was the result was was a response to trauma or or in self defense. Yeah, it, it it didn't portray her as just like in the same way that like Charlie Manson would be portrayed. Right. Right. So when we, if you see Charlie Manson in a movie, there is no attempt to rehabilitate him or to build sympathy for him. He is evil incarnate. Whereas Eileen Warnos was like, we we automatically have to we have to understand where she's coming from. Yeah. And I think and I think that's kind of what you're saying with how with how women are portrayed as villains. Correct. That there's always you never we we don't ever get the female Terminator. Right. Who's just there with an unstoppable killing machine. Yeah. Who's, who's, you're right. And, and, and to that point, I, you're, you're probably right. I'm trying, I'm, you know. Racking your brain to see. Yeah. And you may think of someone after, but like. Yeah. But there, there's almost always, you know, there, again, outside of Disney. Right. right? Where, where, where it's the, the queen is just villain is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there, there almost, there's almost always a built-in, you know, I'm, I'm a villainous, but it's because I'm trying to get my kid back or, yeah, you know. Yeah. 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 Like, I just, because, you know, because even Harley Quinn, who I wouldn't argue with, what I would argue is not a villain, because I think with Harley, she does criminal things, which isn't the same as amoral things, right? Like, so she, she definitely breaks the law, but she's not necessarily breaking um, a moral code in many ways. In fact... Well, I should let me back up and say, from the minimal amount that I've seen, given what she's presented, because I actually don't know her whole right, book. Right, right. There, there may be stuff in there that I don't yeah. know. So just purely from how they're sort of rehabbing her or, or sort of projecting her into the DC movie world, she's definitely a person who's, because she's still not the Joker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so again, it goes back to what I was just saying. She's She's the victim of the Joker's abuse. Correct. And that's what makes her evil. And like you know, if, um, oh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Nurse Ratchet. I, I haven't seen the TV show Ratchet. I'm only only going off the movie. That was one character where we didn't actually get any, like we didn't get any background, right? She just she just was, but she also was a really clear stand-in for the institution, not her own evil machinations. Right, correct. Right, she was, she was, she was, she represented the institution. Yeah, like, she could get fired from her job and go do something else and be fine. Right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, she wouldn't be good at that job. She'd be a horrible salesperson. But you know what I mean? Like, she would, yeah, like, it was. Oh, I would buy it from her. I'd be terrified not to. <laughs> oh, I mean, there you go. They're like, your numbers are amazing. And she's like, I know. So, yeah, right, yeah, like, we just, we just don't have, we don't have, we just don't have that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, and I think even sort of like if we're looking at the Disney villains, like um, like Ursula, or like even the Maleficent, you know how they're they're sort of going back and sort of expanding that narrative because I think at the end of the day, villains do come out separate from serial killers are their own thing because those are a real thing, right? Like we don't villains are a narrative device; right. they don't exist in the real world. I'm saying that, and then I was waiting for you to contradict me. So. I, mean, I mean, I mean, Charles Manson. If you know, I mean, if, if Charles Manson isn't a villain, I don't know. I don't know who is. Well, but I guess, um, I guess I don't see serial killers as villains. So, 
because they they actually happen. Like I still think of villains as a, as a narrative, a narrative description, not a real life. Because he's done horrible things, but he's still like I I don't know. It just doesn't seem to apply. Okay. Are you saying it does for you? Like you could see him as a villain? Well, I mean, okay. So the, the, this is a semantic question. If if you're only talking about villains as a literary device, then no, then nothing, then it doesn't apply to real life at all. Well, do you though? But, like, do you like? But and if we're talking about real life, is it appropriate to refer to specific people in real life as villains? Yeah, you know, monsters, villains, evil. Yeah, I, I do. I do think. I do think. So there are some people that just are truly evil. Hmm. Like who? I mean, Charles Manson. <laughs> like Charles Manson. I. It's interesting, yeah. huh? I guess I don't. This is this larger question, and definitely not something we could get into now. But I guess I just see the relativity of evil, even in like there's no pure concept. Like evil and good are constructions. So I do. I do actually have like a, an academic theoretical framework. For this, it's actually it's actually really central to my worldview. Uh-huh. This the idea that, and, and it comes from game theory that there are certain that within a cooperative society there are certain strategies that we employ. Some people have learned that they can benefit from extracting as much as they can from other people, and they're in, in game theory they'd refer to as egoists or defectors. Aren't they called hawks sometimes too? Hawks and doves. That's that's a that's one particular game. Mm. Um, it doesn't not doesn't really apply to what I'm specifically saying um, because in, in those games, hawks they it's a it's it's not a moral question. Mm. Hawks hawks do what hawks do what they do. That's otherwise they die. Um, what I'm specifically talking about is the is the is the cooperative strategies of altruism, egoism, or tit for tat strategies. Mm-hmm. And in my worldview, the people that have learned and whether they whether it was a learned behavior or, or an innate behavior that that they're always they can always maximize their whatever mm-hmm. by by breaking contracts, by breaking cooperations um, for, for all intents and purposes can be referred to as evil. Hmm. I would not refer them as evil. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Uh, and then we're just down to some actives again. Yeah. Yeah, because so so I yeah I, I don't use I only use I would only use villainy in a literary or not just literary literary makes it sound like just books but yeah like in a narrative sense yeah so that's so that's why like in in my worldview Donald Trump is literally evil mm. he's not he's not just a manifestation manifestation of something else he is individually himself evil and needs to be stopped at all costs mm. yeah. I definitely want to stop him, but I don't. Think, <laughs> I mean, like, I, but I don't think he's evil. Yeah. Huh, okay. And I would John Wick all over him. <laughs> Y'all can take that from what. <laughs> You're gonna get our. We're gonna suddenly have a lot more listeners because the FBI is gonna have to listen in on that. <laughs> they will start listening. Um, I, yeah, that's interesting because I wouldn't in real life. Yeah. So, so I am. You're, and maybe that's why I enjoy it so much in narrative. I just like I just want to see the no repercussions, like fight scenes, breaking bones, death, destruction, because it's purely an outlet for me. Like I, I don't in any way connect that back to a reality that we could in, in do because because yeah. nothing is ever that clean. But so so sort sort of separate from that, Ben, is this idea of like who a villain is and and who we're rooting against. Like 
I feel like the Star Wars, the original trilogy, did a fantastic job with dark. I mean, literally, that it was really clear westerns, like of good, bad, you know, and that's beautiful, and and I appreciate that. Like, I I really appreciate that that exists. Yeah, you know. All right, going back to who who a villain is, Killmonger. Let, let's let's compare and contrast Killmonger to Tony Soprano really quick. Okay. Killmonger was doing Tony. what's okay. that? I'm I'm less familiar with Tony. I mean, I know who he is. Okay. Who he is. Okay. 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 Insert any mafia person, Vito Corleone. Yeah. Right. Anybody. Uh, the Breaking Bad guy. I, I'm blanking on his name, but Walter. 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 Walter White. Yeah. Yeah. Killmonger was doing what he was doing for the benefit of other people. Yes. Whereas. So that's so that's why like it's questionable whether or not he was even a a, a villain at all. Mm-hmm. Tony Soprano, the Corleones were doing what they were doing for themselves first and foremost. Actually, Walter White came to that realization and said so in the last in the last season. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for me. Mm-hmm. That's what makes them villains, and I relate their behavior back to real life because. I see that behavior in actual real people. So I don't want to, I want to see those people punished on TV or in movies because in real life, they almost always, they they more, more often than not get away with their, with their villainy. Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. But I, but like, if we're looking at the Disney, the Disney um, villains, you know, you have, you have Ursula, and then you have, you know, Sleeping Beauty, you have Sleeping Beauty, Maleficent, I guess her name is, I didn't know that before, like, they didn't get names, um, and then Snow White, Snow White's mother, um, you have these female characters that are older, wiser, powerful, but ugly, in spirit, either spiritually or, or visually, and that they are attacking or antagonistic against what's young, beautiful, and pure, right? And so that dichotomy between a woman's age and looks in comparison to what is considered morally, but also, like, we're, there's this false equivalency built between beauty and morality, so that if you're ugly, you're mean. If you're if you're beautiful, you're pure. And so that sort of bullshit stuff, like, that, I don't appreciate that villainy. Like, I don't yeah. like that false dichotomy they're setting up, and of. And of course, they are going back and trying to expand some of that stuff. But like, that's kind of what we grew up with female villains is if you're ugly, you're immoral. Did you ever see Audition? Audition? It's a Japanese movie. No. It's a Japanese torture porn movie. Okay. That. So I was, so I was thinking, so, so in, in, the, in the show that nobody will ever hear, um, there was, you, you mentioned something about well, what audiences accept. A, a true female villain. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this, this movie audition, which was a Japanese movie about a, a young girl, young woman who showed up to a TV show audition, but it was really just a setup for this guy to like hit on her. Yeah. And then most of the movie is her showing up at his house, killing his family and torturing him. <laughs> I will never watch this movie. I've seen, I've seen highlights of it uh-huh. from like, uh, you know, like, you know, the scariest movies ever made. Uh-huh. And it's always in like the top five. I will not watch this movie. Why not? Well, that's, that's the interesting question. Will I not watch it because I don't want to see a pretty little Japanese girl torturing somebody? Or will I not watch that movie because I stopped watching torture porn at Hostel 2? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But Deep I'm, into your soul, 
Well, Doom Eternal, I have no interest in watching any torture porn. Well, I mean, then that's fair. Then yeah. that's okay. I think to like not. Um, but I, but I've also in the past joked that no, I don't want to. I don't want to see. I don't want to see the cute little girl doing that. Yeah, I mean, fair. That's right. I mean, I agree. I don't think we like. I do think it's difficult for um, an American community to understand the power of women to injure. We, it's much easier for us to frame us as healers and and um, mediators. And I mean, that's why the antihero, even not even like even female antiheroes don't get a lot of play. Like yeah. I was just thinking of the of the of Jessica Chastain's character in Zero Dark Thirty. Like even she graded people. Like they're like she's the worst. And she, even though she's found Osama bin Laden, you know, like I just I think it's because we don't like seeing unpleasant women. Yeah, and it, I, I I do I do agree with you with that. And I think I think what's often missing from this is the female creators. Right. Which so is, you don't yeah. see a lot of women writing movies. You don't see a lot of women which directing is, movies. So I do wonder. But then I go back to the one example we have. The one real clear example we have is Patty Jenkins, and she built in the rehabilitation for her female for for the villainesses. Correct. But the one true story we have that is the perfect example of this is Fleabag. I haven't seen it. No, I know <laughs> you and Scott both refused to see that one because it's not a. She's not a great person. She's not a nice person. She's kind of immoral. But well, it's fucking brilliant. Well, we've also established that I am very reluctant about any TV show right now. That is true. But it is it is pure like when I think of a woman being able to be purely purely human because it's not just it's not I think that's the problem is we kind of just being a human being in the world which is fraught with 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 poor behavior and bad choices. Fleabag is the perfect example of how well that could be done, and it's handled by a woman, directed by a woman, written by a woman, acted by her. She does it all. She's amazing. So so I feel like that's the sort of stuff I like. I would love to see her create a villain. Yeah, I think that'd be fucking awesome. You you actually you mentioned something early a couple minutes ago that I wanted to go back to though if you don't mind when you, you were talking about how particularly like the Disney villains are all like old they're the hag right mm-hmm. it's, it's the trope of the hag yeah. they have to be ugly yeah whereas a lot of the a lot of the male villains are actually made more attractive than their real life counterpart and this is so this is this this is something. Again, I'm just kind of spitballing some ideas here because I've only been vaguely aware of people talking about this. Um, uh, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Oh yeah, right. Sure. Is usually portrayed as like and like in the this the, usually portrayed as like handsome and suave. Have you actually seen any interviews with this guy? No. He's like a snaggletooth, bumbling idiot. <laughs> <laughs> right, the, so Richard Ramirez yes. was the Night Stalker. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like the the dude, he looks like he's like straight out of like, you know, he looks like he's like straight out of like the the trailer park, you know, truck mm-hmm. stop, mm-hmm. you know, third grade education, ugly, you know. Mm-hmm. He is not a criminal mastermind. Um, uh, who was who was the serial the serial killer that um, the one that was really famous for being like the smooth talker, really handsome, suave. I'm, I'm blanking on his Not name. Not Manson. Ted, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Oh yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Ted Bundy is usually is usually portrayed, you know, as yes. Yes. this amazing ladies' man. And I'm starting to hear people come out and say, actually, the police built up that myth about him. He actually was not very bright, not very attractive, and it wasn't that he was. It wasn't that he was like wooing women. 
it's that he was showing up and acting like he was hurt. So they were so they were always trying to help him. Yeah. He actually was kind of like like he was not a criminal mastermind. It was the police and the FBI that portrayed him as a criminal mastermind because they had to have a better villain for their story. Otherwise, they looked like bumbling idiots. For... I mean, yes, for not for not getting him for so yeah. long. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see that. I mean, I think in general, like Hollywood definitely like cleans people up. Like even if we look at the one recently that but was not with women. J. Well, J Lo. She well, villain wise. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Correct. A woman. A woman to a woman has to be ugly in order to be a villain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, that's depressing. <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I think the further back in history go, you go, the more that was true. Yeah, I mean, like... I think, I think that's starting. I think that is starting to change. Yeah, because... But, I mean, some of that's starting to change, but also, like, I think there's this sort of opposite pressure that's going that, like, that to be villainous, that you're supposed to be hot, so you're supposed to wear a certain outfit, and you're supposed to wear clean... As if, as if a woman who was, like, being a villain wouldn't wear, like, combat boots that actually helped her. You know what I mean? Like, why would yeah. she run in heels? Like, even that bothered me about Wonder Woman. Like, no, they're, they're very ridiculous premises, heels, high heels are. So why yeah. would she fight in them? You know, so anyway, um, so I think maybe that's kind of a shifting, but it is because um, in general, we're, we do sexualize certain things that are not necessary to be sexualized. So do you remember, do you remember the movie Mommy Dearest? Um, I saw it a long time ago. Yeah, it's I, I actually only saw the hanger scene. I like I like it's like one of those movies that I walked in when mom was watching. I saw that and I was like, "Cool, that's that's all it, you know." And peace out. <laughs> yeah, um, I had a similar I had a similar experience with Clockwork Orange. Oh sure. I, I walked in at one scene. I was like, "Nope, never watching that movie." <laughs> um, but when when I, when I look up lists of villainesses, uh, Mommy Dearest almost always comes up as like top five or ten, and that's like something you would you don't really associate. From a male perspective, you don't really see a lot of villain male villains that are villains just because they're horrible parents. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm trying to think if I if I know of any. Yeah, because it's a subversion of what we're we expect to be a normal thing in women, which is to caretake. And so yeah. for her to that's like pure villainy for her to like not like her children. Yeah. And to be mean to them. Hmm. Huh. Now I'm just going to be depressed about this whole. <laughs> well, so all right, so let's. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, so 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 before before we wrap this up, there's there is one other question that I, that I kind of like you know big picture meta question is when we when we think about when we think about progress, mm-hmm. there we we agree that there is a disparity in how women about how women and men are portrayed, mm-hmm. and that and that there are certain there are certain things that women can't be portrayed as right, and whereas men. Men can be the uh, what, what did I call it earlier the the difficult men. Yes. Whereas we don't. What, what do we do? We see the the the, the female equivalent difficult women. We do in we the do, yeah. in the like red flags, like a woman who's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Who will un, who, what was it? Boil your rabbits. Yeah. 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 A sexual energy that she can't get from you. You know. Yeah. I guess, I guess, I guess, what I'm asking is when we, when we, do we want, do we want to see more women portrayed like the Joker is, or do, or do we want to see less portrayal of that overall? Mm. Like, are we, is it really progress 
to 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 put more evil in the world. Yes. All right. I mean, uh, but I but I am doing that because I believe it as, as storytelling. Yeah. And so so yes. But and I I would love to have a villain that I'm like that woman is so scary I don't want to ever meet her like I, I you know like yeah and I want them to catch her and kill her you yeah, know the female Terminator yeah oh man <laughs> that there, and there probably there probably is like a dozen you know half a dozen a dozen examples but they're all like obscure sci-fi correct flicks, you know? yeah like I imagine some listeners are kind of like you know you could also talk Spe- about someone's yeah and then it's like uh, species just came to mind what what the, the movie species. Uh huh. It, it just popped in my head. I, 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 didn't, I didn't watch it all the. I didn't. I didn't actually watch the whole thing. But it. But that. That had. That had a, a like a, a, a female alien that was just there to just like kill. Oh, like kill. and the alien is also supposed to be female. Yeah. But but yeah, the, but, the queen. The, yeah, yeah, the alien yeah, queen. Yeah, but also you can't tell, right? Like, <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> That, that's, that's almost as bad as like queer baiting a film. Like, yeah. like yeah. just if you have to tell us afterwards that somebody was gay, yes. then they weren't actually. Gay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was well. That was, well, you didn't answer that question. What do you think? Do you want that too? It's it's tough, and this is this is the kind of this is the kind of framework I, I wrestle with on a lot of different topics. Um, in the ideally, I would like I would like to see. I would like to see people that create movies and stuff be a little more cognizant about what they put in the world. Um, but I would also I would also like to see while if there's going to be if there's number one I'd just like to see more f- female creators in general. Mm-hmm. More there, Patty, Patty Jenkins should not be the only woman that we think of as as a as a director. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and we're and we're starting to we're starting to see more more come out, but. I, I would, I, at least for now, I would like to see a, like uh, a female Terminator. Just the unapo- the, I, the the biggest issue for me with all, with all these villainesses is that they're almost always apologetic. There's almost a there's almost always you know I would have been good, but and it, it would be nice to see just straight arrow through the movie. No, I'm gonna be I'm bad because I'm bad. I am gonna turn those goddamn puppies into coats. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when but when we when they do that, those those villainesses have to have their comeuppance the same way that I would say that the male villain. I agree. Do. Yeah, you want to end yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anything else? No. Pro- I'll probably think of later. Again, some, some, probably some later. Well, this won't record, and we'll have to do it. <laughs> Yeah, you because know, I, I, I didn't I didn't want to derail the conversation, but there's a whole another conversation about um, how race gets played out. Oh my films. god, I can't. But that's yeah, but that that would have to be that would have to be a show we'd have to men- mentally prepare. I would for. be so depressed yeah. after. That. Um, but but it, this this really examining how how we how we think of our villains is probably I don't know. It's important. Um. What are you it watching is. these days? Okay, so I'm going to make my recommendation that I made last week because I'm, I'm continuing to impress it, uh, like be impressed by it, is The Mayor, the, t- the TV show The All Mayor, right. which is Tina Fey's new, she's not in it, but she's, you know, a producer on it. And Tina Fey and then whoever her produ- production partner is. Oh, I like that I know who Tina Fey's name, but I know that other guy's name. Um, and so it is not a replacement for The Office. It's not a replacement for 30 Rock. 
Not a replacement for Parks and Rec, but it's getting there. Like, I like the momentum they're building. Bobby Moynihan is in it. I would I would marry him if he said yes. He's amazing. So um, that one's a pretty good one to start. Like, I've, I've been watching all the new comedies that have popped up. That one's my fave. I'm rooting for that one to go. All right. So my recommendation, again, um, it's going to be WandaVision. Oh, if right. Yes, ha- yes, If yes, you yes. have Disney+, Plus, and, and I'm, I'm totally perplexed at the... Uh, no, no, you you may not actually watch this, and you yeah, and I and I understand that. But for the people that are watching it, I am totally perplexed at how they're missing what's what's going on. Like I see so many people commenting, like why why is there why is it just a fifty style sitcom? Like do you do you not see all the references? Mm. Do you not see like there's it's it's almost like lost in the MCU. The mm. show Lost in an MCU setting, oh. or, or the MCU in a Lost setting. Right. It is brilliant. Oh. And uh, and the the but they just is it not landing? What like are people sort of missing? Like I know that my brother, by the way, shout out to my brother because I guess yeah. he gets one every episode, but he really likes it. So yeah. You... So I think it's it's one of those it's it's almost like a uh, it's almost like one of those magic eye books. If you don't see what's going on, and you think if you're only looking at one level, and you think it's just this random weird sitcom then you're probably not going to like it. But once you realize that literally every word and every like everything that's happening there has a second or third meaning, it's like, oh, man, I can't. I, I just want... When, the, when, the, when this show ends, we're going to look back, we're going to be able to say, oh, it was so obvious where they went because they left, they left mm-hmm. a trail of breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it doesn't look like a trail of breadcrumbs in front of you. It looks like somebody just dumped a bag of crumbs on the floor. Gotcha. And it's it's I th- I think the show is absolutely brilliant. Hmm, okay, so, can't. I'm not watching just as ugh, listeners. I'm not watching it because much like Jeff can't do a comedy, I have a really hard time with dramas, and so he has to watch the whole thing, or someone has to watch the whole thing and tell me that it ends okay, and then I might be able to watch it. Specifically, that it ends okay for one. Yes, correct. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't going to. No, I can't. I will never. I can't watch it. I won't she be able is, to watch it. She she is in for a rough ride. Oh, no. I can't do it. I won't. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't be on the journey with you. All right. So that was our discussion. Second attempt. And I think uh, in every way, a better attempt. And hopefully the audio is good. Yeah. Of villainesses and villains and villainy. All the evil. All the evil. All right. So thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Jeff. And Renee. This is What What the What. what? Thanks for listening. That was What the What. You can follow us on social media at at WTWPopCast, and that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also email us at WTWPopCast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at SpecialFeather. And you can find me on Twitter at TheBWFans and on YouTube, BandwagonFans. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 